Well, this is it, and once again, it's time to go Inside EMS. I'm your host, Chris Savalero. This is the internationally recognized Inside EMS, and it's also known as the Chris and Kelly Show. Somebody uh, sent us an email, and we were talking about the internationally recognized. They're from London, and they have a question for us to answer, and we're probably going to get to that next week. But, uh, you know, they said to Chris and Kelly Show. I was like, well, how about that? We're not just Inside EMS. We're the Chris and Kelly Show. But I couldn't do it. Without the other half, and here he is, Kelly Grace and KG. How are things with you? It's it's good, man. It's nice to be internationally recognized. I hope Interpol doesn't recognize us. Uh, for uh, we're, we've been one step ahead of them all along. I hope they're not catching up. That's right. Uh, it's it's nice to have an international uh, listenership, and and the the cool thing about Inside EMS is that even if we're not experts on an EMS system or, or we don't not familiar with the system in your country, we've got a wide enough network that we know many many people who are uh, parts of that system and can give us uh, insiders insight on it. So uh, it's great that, that guys are seeking us out and and asking us what we think. Yeah, and I think that that's one of the things that, you know, maybe we just bring up as well, is there's a lot of people who send us their information or their questions oh, yeah. and their questions, and I say, hey, Chris and Kelly, what do you think? And even if we don't talk about it on the show, you know, we usually answer it via email, uh, but we try to save a couple of them so that we can kind of talk about them as we go along. But um, we got one from London that we're going to visit about. We're actually trying to formulate those responses now. You know, last week we had Dwayne on from Canada, so we are truly an internationally recognized show. We're very excited about that. Five years in, uh, almost 750,000 downloads of our show. I think it's very exciting, Kelly. But here, here's something else that's exciting. is One of the things that I talk about a lot is the development of you know our agencies as leaders. We really kind of put ourselves into the organizations, and we want the organizations to grow, and we want our workforce to grow. But we fail to really set goals for ourselves. We fail really to think about our own professional and personal development as we go through our life. But, you know, this is the year of Kelly Grayson. So if you've ever gone to a Chinese <laughs> restaurant and you've seen the year of the snake and the year of the dragon and the year of the, you know, and the year of, uh, you know, whatever. The dog. The dog, right. <laughs> this is the year of Kelly Grayson, 2019. And I got to tell you, I'm really proud of you because... You know, you set a goal before the year that you were into uh, weight loss and, you know, your latest post on Facebook was that you were uh, 60 pounds down since December. Mm -hmm. Great work. Yeah. But yesterday you had another great milestone that I think I want to talk about today because it really kind of brings us into the, uh, you know, where we are as a career field now as we start to talk about degree requirements. And I'll kind of let you set that up, but I think it would be good to kind of talk about your decision and, and how you got here and what it's going to mean to you. And uh, really, because I think that a lot of people who are sitting in the truck and you and I mm -hmm. model this show after two uh, employees, after two people sitting in a truck talking about the things that everybody talks about, this has got to be some of the things they're talking about. So I'm going to let you set it up. Well, you know, th this came about uh, in part because uh, people have spurred me to, to, um, get off my butt and, and accomplish the, a goal that I'd set a long time ago and then backburnered and that's getting my degree. And, and with my involvement with the American paramedic association, um, uh, I, I, you know, came to the conclusion that it's time to walk the talk. Uh, and, and I've been a big proponent of degree requirements for paramedics. And I had said that if it were ever, 
uh, a requirement in my state to get a degree, then I would do the work to to get a degree. Well, I'm not going to wait for it to be a requirement in my state. Uh, I'm going to be one of those people that that has a degree uh, that is that is uh, advocating for that requirement. So I enrolled in college again, and after 20 odd years. I'm a college student again. I wish I'd have done it sooner so that uh, my credits that I had from way back when would actually be relevant now. Um, and they're not. But uh, it looks like it's going to be a pretty uh, painless process. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. You know, I got to tell you, and I think that it's really interesting that in this stage in our career field, that this really is a topic that has become front and center. And, you know, you and I have done shows on the debate of uh, degree requirements. You know, I think that there's a lot of people that are pro-degree. I think there are a lot of people that say it's not necessary. But one of the things I think is important that we need to focus on is we don't need a career field to tell us that we should develop our professional and personal development. No, we do not. And I think that this is where, where it's getting missed. I mean, we're into this whole big discussion that, you know, this agency... Or this association is saying that it's uh, it's a good idea. This association is saying it's not time. This association is saying there's no reason for it. You don't need to be directed by an association to say that this is the right thing for you. And when we think about EMS from the standpoint of, you know, the work that we do, we're one stretcher lift away from a back injury. How many times have we heard that? Safety concerns of driving with lights and sirens on. You know, recently there was a, a friend uh, who I worked with that had a very serious medical event that probably might take them out of their career as a per paramedic for the rest of their life. And mm. what do they have now to turn back to if they need to move into a different career? And I don't know that the answer, maybe, they, maybe they've planned for this, maybe they haven't. But I think that's one of the reasons why a degree or something to fall back on is important. But when we think about personal and professional development, Kelly, th this isn't something that we need an association to tell us it's okay. No, no, it's not. It's something that, you know, we, we should have the initiative to improve ourselves without, make, without it being a mandate. Um, and, and, you know, at the APA, we're not into making it a mandate and telling everyone that you, this is what you should do and you're going to do it no matter what. We're advocating for change within our profession to to get the people who feel like like it should be an individual mandate and things that that uh, who are committed to excellence to to kind of seize the reins of where our profession goes. Um, and and that's you know me. Uh, putting truth to power uh, with with my own deeds is is going to be part and parcel of that. Um, I, I gotta I, I gotta do what I've been uh, what I've been espousing. It's it's going to be interesting. Um, I, I I'm not used to being a student anymore. I'm I'm used to being the exact opposite. But I think a good teacher is always a a, a student at heart. Uh, never stop learning. So. Hopefully, all the arguing and debating and, and uh, pontificating that I do on the Internet now will have a purpose, and, and I'll do it for dis for credit on a discussion board uh, in a college classroom. So uh, here's hoping that, that uh, I can actually put some some uh, uh, point to, to what I do and, and, and move forward with my education as a result of it. But uh, I'm happy to be a Nunez University Pelican. <laughs> um, 
the Pelicans. I'm a Pelican. Go Pelicans. That's uh, but here's the, here's the thing. So we thought maybe it would be interesting because there are a lot of people who are sitting in the truck and they're trying to contemplate you know, what their educational future looks like. You and I both thought it would be good maybe just to kind of talk about this and maybe just talk about the process. So, you know, I would like you to kind of, I think you gave us just a little bit of, you know, your thought of why you wanted to do it. But maybe you can, we can kind of walk through this process. You know, what was, yeah, exactly. What was the thought? And then, you know, I'm sure that you didn't think about it yesterday and then hit it, you know, and then go in and enroll the next day. I'm sure it was a process for you. I'm sure you had to determine where you wanted to go. So there may be a lot of people out there that don't know how to take this next step. And maybe it'd be great for them to learn from your experience in this. So maybe initially, I know you talked about the APA, which is the American Paramedic Association, Mm -hmm. which is a new group that has started to develop really to kind of take up the charge of the, uh, you know, the field provider. And, um, and I know that you're very, very entrenched in that organization. So, but maybe from a personal standpoint, Kelly, you know, kind of take us just through the initial step of what were you thinking to say, this is time. Well, uh, it, just, just that it's, it's, uh, you know, I, Chris, I'm 50 years old. I've been on an ambulance full time for 25 years, either an ambulance or a classroom. And, and, and it's never become more apparent, even with my, my improvements in my health and my recent weight loss, it's still obvious every day I get off the truck after a 24 hour shift. This is a young man's game and I can't be on an ambulance forever, but I, I don't anticipate leaving EMS or leaving uh, healthcare. I'll either go into nursing or I'll, I'll go into a management role somewhere. Um, but the limiting factor is I can't do that with just a national registry paramedic card. I have to have a college degree and uh, uh, to, to work at the places I want to work. So, um, this was something that I knew uh, and I've known for, for many years. I just let life get in the way uh, at every turn, and, and it's time to stop uh, stop doing that. So I enrolled at uh, Nunez Community College in, in uh, Chalmette, a little suburb of New Orleans in St. Bernard Parish, and, um, and uh, took my uh, – or registered for my first two classes in the fall semester uh, just uh, day before yesterday, and uh, we start August the 19th. And one of the things we're doing uh, with the APA is we're kind of, kind of, going to kind of chart my my path here to give our members uh, a roadmap to to the the goals that they want to set for themselves, and the goal being at, at APA a degree, and uh, kind of using my experience as a as a uh, um, a template for for how to follow that uh, follow that path. It turns out it's fairly simple for me. Now, I had uh, enough accumulated college credit that I had more than the, than the hours requirements for associate uh, associate degree and was, you know, three quarters of the way toward a bachelor's. But it's all so old that I uh, that it's not really applicable anymore. Uh, my first uh, foray into college. Um, I declared academic bankruptcy with with 36 hours of, of college credit, uh, so I threw all of that away because uh, I got my head really messed up by a, a relationship with a girl when I was a teenager, um, and and totally blew my last semester of college. Uh, so to get rid of those F's and incompletes, uh, I declared uh, academic bankruptcy when I went back to college ten years later. So. Uh, the the second foray into college, I still had uh, um, four semesters worth of credit, 
But the problem was, is, is none of it was really applicable, and it was all over 10 years old, uh, so very little of it was going to transfer over. So in looking at my transcript and what I had, my Englishes and, and, and a few uh, basic things were still uh, valid, and uh, I won't have to take those. The things I was missing was I needed an advanced math. Uh, which I'm dreading because I am not a math person. I'm one of those people that can make a passing grade in math uh, with a whip and a chair and a tutor, uh, but I'm not a natural math person. That's why you're not calling me Dr. Grayson right now because physics beat me or uh, calculus beat me two falls out of three. And uh, so I have to take a math. Uh, I have to take a, uh, a humanities course. Um, and so I'm taking, I think, art appreciation uh, this semester. And next semester, I will be taking a sociology course, um, and I forget what else. Oh, uh, um, I forget what the the, the uh, fall uh, the spring semester course is going to be. But bottom line is, is I need 15 hours in residency plus my paramedics uh, national registry paramedic certificate uh, to to get my associate degree. And the the 15 hours in residency um, is. Uh, for any SACS accredited school, for them to award you a degree, you have to have at least 15 hours uh, of, of credit at that particular institution. So that's that's how I'm going about um, uh, gaining those credits there. I, I went and talked to a good friend of mine who I've known for 25 years, who is the, the program director there, and she, uh, she talked to an academic advisor I uh, found out what I needed, and she said, okay, here's what we do. Um, you enroll here, and then you get credit for your paramedic through examination. Uh, I have four examinations I'm going to administer you. Uh, you take them through a proctor online, and uh, uh, here, once you paid your, your tuition, you paid for your credit by examination, which was absurdly uh cheap. It was like 18 credit hours and I uh, paid 160 bucks. Wow. Uh, yeah, 160 bucks just to do credit by examination. What I'll do is I'll go to a testing center somewhere. Uh, we're still setting up the logistics of that. I'll go to a testing center somewhere and under the, the supervision of a proctor, I will take an online exam, which basically is the final exam. Uh, of final the paramedic for, school? Yeah, of the paramedic school. So there, there's, there's four blocks of... Uh, of uh, college credit there that that I'll be testing out by exam, sure, uh, and that will that will satisfy in part my residency requirements at that particular college, and then the classes I'm taking this semester are going to be online classes. I'll take an online math, uh, probably through uh, and the the testing or the the platform that we'll be using is something I'm very familiar with. It's a it's a my math lab from Pearson Education. Uh, I use my Brady lab for all my EMT classes. So that's, you know, that's going to be at least navigating the platform is not going to be a learning curve for me. Uh, and I can focus on uh, those numbers that vex me. So um, and then I'll, I'll be taking that art appreciation class. So uh, I, I got to jump start on things by visiting a couple art museums in New Orleans in between trips to Jean Lafitte's blacksmith shop and, and Felix's oysters. Uh and um, that's what I'll be doing this semester. And the, the, the cool thing is, it being online, um, I can work it into my schedule. It's self-paced. There, there are benchmarks I have to meet during class, but there's no live class requirement uh, for the classes that I'm taking. And, 
and for me, with with as busy as schedules I have, Chrissy, I mean, you know, you know what our working out our recording schedule sometimes is a juggling act. Um, there is not a day on my calendar where there isn't some deadline for something that I'm doing. Um, so visiting, uh, you know, attending a college campus, even a commuter campus, uh, is a non-starter for me. It has to be non-traditional distance education, uh, self-paced and, and hybrid uh, education. But they have that option now because college has changed since I was there last, and, and they've embraced the colleges have embraced the fact that that there are so many uh, non-traditional students out there. They've embraced the fact that that there are so many non-traditional students out there to desire to further their education that they've they've come up with classes to accommodate them, and that's making it easier for me. And the bottom line is is this is going to cost me somewhere between sixteen hundred and two thousand dollars to get my associate degree. So. Pretty, pretty sweet deal. No, I, I, and I think in your response, there was just so many things that were in there that really um, need to be discussed because I think you hit so many things. But you, I ran I, off at the mouth as I, as I have a tendency to do. Amen. So, you know, when you get to those classes of speaking, you know, I, I'd, I'd give you some uh, coaching <laughs> to, to slow the heck down. But, you know, one of the things that I think you said was very important, and you identified a challenge, and the challenge was your math skills. But one of the things that you yeah. said on top of that was, I'm going to get a tutor to help me through this process. Yeah. I, I think that there are a lot of people out there that feel that they're going to have a challenge with school. They're not very good students. They didn't have a good time in EMT or paramedic school, and it scares them away. It's okay that if you have a challenge, that's why we're going to school, mm -hmm. is to learn something new that we've never learned before. And if that means that we've got to get a little bit of extra help with a tutor, a little extra help with a mentor, those are the things that you need to do to make yourself successful. Another thing you said that was really important is that a lot of the schools that you go to to complete your education, whether it's associate's degree or, or bachelor's degree, will give you credit for taking ENT and paramedic classes. So some of the bachelor's mm -hmm. programs that are out there, they will give you up to two years of credit for your paramedic training, depending on where it was. Mm -hmm. If you have a degree, if you have a certification or a certificate from a university that says that you went there, it's a lot easier. You know, you said examine, uh, you said credit by examination, meaning that they know that you're a paramedic, they know that you're professional, they know that you've given years to this career field, and they're going to say, well, Kelly Grayson, let's go ahead and see where your knowledge lies and take these four batteries of tests, and if you pass it, we're going to give you all the credit that you would have received if you sat in this paramedic school. So, yeah. you know, as you start off, you had credit before, um, you know, as you mentioned in your past, that isn't going mm -hmm. to transfer over. But they're giving you a big bulk of that because of your EMS training. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and it, it can't, the choice as to which university to attend, it came down to, to convenience and, and how seamless that process was going to be. And, and narrowed our, our choice down to, to two. There was Bossier Parish Community College. Uh, in the northern part of the state, and there was Nunez Community College in, in the New Orleans area, both of which are, are chaired, uh, and the faculty are, are good friends of mine who I've known for virtually all of our, uh, our EMS careers. Um, so there was a comfort level there. Um, some of the other 
institutions that, that uh, allowed advanced standing and everything didn't make the process quite as seamless as those two did. Uh, for example, the, you know, uh, my employer's National EMS Academy uh, is a co-ops accredited program uh, uh, affiliated with a community college here in South Louisiana. But the problem is, is to get advanced standing for my paramedic certificate there, I had to, pro, you know, I had to provide them with a with this a, a, a curriculum and and what exactly my paramedic training entailed uh, from 1993. So I I and they weren't going to listen to uh, they or didn't seem to to recognize. Okay, it was the DOT curriculum, 800 hours. Uh, you know, Google it, uh, or I can hand you a PDF of what the the DOT curriculum in, in 1993 was, uh, and that's what I took. Um, but that that didn't quite compute. Well, well how many credit hours, or what? Uh, uh, they they just didn't quite grasp what that meant. Um, but the people uh, at the at the two institutions that the choice came down to um, knew exactly what that meant. And it was like, okay, yeah, we get it. You're you're a paramedic. Uh, if you're a national registry paramedic, you you pat you took a block of instruction that included these things. And all we have to do is ensure that you still know those things. So let's give you an exam, and and that made the process so much more seamless. Um, but it's not that difficult as it turns out. And, and some of the places you, uh, some of the options you mentioned with, with uh, um, other online accredited institutions that allow for education and life experience right. um, make that process fairly seamless as well. Uh, the only reason I chose an in-state institution was uh, because of the possibility that uh, after having graduated from that institution and getting my associate degree, um, that uh, there exists a possibility of collaborating with that institution in the future and perhaps becoming a satellite uh, and uh, of their of their training program and and uh, and start teaching with them uh, sure. at the paramedic level again. So that's really cool. Um, the, yeah. That's yeah, and we're we're uh, I'm I'm also doing this to to help build on relationships. Awesome. And um, well, that, Kelly, that's why I'm going with the local option. And I want to, you know, I think one of the things that we do well in this show is that hopefully we get to influence a lot of people who are out there that. You know, whether we're talking about a clinical topic, whether we're talking about an operational topic, leadership topic, we really want to be able to try to bring them something that they can kind of use and really kind of, you know, help themselves become the best that they can be. Talk to the people that are out there who are sitting in the truck and trying to make the same decision that you are. Kind of give them a little bit of inspiration and that little bit of motivation to say, you know, the semester is going to start in another month. For the fall of mm -hmm. 2019 here in another month. So let's get some of those people who are sitting in the truck enrolled in their school and moving towards this degree. You know, I, I, would, I would tell them, go check out the commuter campuses, the community colleges in your area. College need not be uh, cost prohibitive. Uh, I know it's. It sounds like I'm, I'm uh, feeding you a load of horse manure, uh, telling someone who's living on a paramedic salary, that sort of thing. But it, it, it really is true. There are options. If there are not options in your state, there are distance education online universities that have good reputations uh, that, that make it easy and, and uh, have payment programs, and they're, they're not cost prohibitive. People talk about, oh, you know, who's going to pay $50,000 for an EMS education to work as a paramedic? 
And I'm going, if you're paying $50,000 to work as a paramedic, then you need your head examined because you're paying way too much money. Most of these programs are housed at community college, commuter campuses, where tuition is far, far lower. It just so happens that the commuter campus I chose has a really, really reasonable tuition, some of the most uh, uh, affordable in our state. Um, but they're not alone in that regard. There are options out there. And if you can't pony up a semester's worth of, of tuition at once, they offer payment plans. There is no excuse other than time. And with, uh, with distance and hybrid education, online education, the time is yours. The schedule is yours to set. You just have to get out there and do it. And that's what I'm doing now. And it's a bit scary and it's a bit daunting, but it's also kind of exhilarating because I get to challenge myself once again. And, and, and so often in, in, in my day-to-day -day work, there, there aren't a whole lot of challenges left. Um, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to that sort of thing and, and, uh, and getting with it and, and finally hanging that, that parchment on the wall. But hey, that's what we think. We'd like to hear what you think. What's the obstacle standing between you and furthering your education? Is it money? Is it time? Have you explored how to overcome either one of those obstacles? Give us your thoughts at the show at ems1.com. And for myself, co-host Chris Sabalero, thanks for tuning in to Inside EMS. We'll catch you guys next week.